Bea Group, led by CEO June Bea, has worked with Downey Schools for eight years to reimagine the ways we connect teens to internships, industry mentors, and long-term employment. Along the way, youth are picking up important workplace skills, a work ethic, professional appearance, and financial literacy in the real world, along with polished resumes and projects for their portfolios. We're joined on this episode of Future Groove by June and two of her colleagues who started as high school interns and are now college students working remotely for the company. Listen in as we talk about how Gen Z-focused programs created in Downey are on the cusp of reinvention. Well, June, Juan, and Enrique, welcome to the Future Groove podcast. Thanks, John. Thanks for having us. Thank you, John. Thank you. The Downey Made internship program was started in in Downey under the umbrella of uh, Downey Unified in partnership with the Bea Group, which uh, June Bea is uh, closely associated with. And I just want to start out in talking a bit about how this whole thing started. The Downey Made Internship Program is a six-week internship program in the summer, or at least it started that way, and it went through a number of transformations, and we can talk about those a little bit, but uh, June, if you can talk a little bit about those early years in terms of when it started, why it was started, how did it work, and all of that. Yes, It really started because of a vision, you know, the vision Phil Davis had with regard to wanting to have work experience for young people in Downey. And the work experience was ideally paid so that uh, young people could get this work experience, get paid, and then have, have something to put on their resume. So it started very small. It started back in, I believe, 2016 in the summer. And it was for juniors. So the design was open to all juniors. And it was intended to be something that anybody, we had very few requirements. There was not really a GPA requirement. There wasn't, it was really anyone who was interested in working and wanting to get some work experience, it was open to. And so that first year, I believe we had 31 students participate. And what happened was my colleague Carmen worked with another person uh, and they worked and, you know, became members of the Downey Chamber of Commerce, went to meetings with the local Kiwanis and went to different organizations to really help uh, work with business leaders to be open to hosting interns. And how did that work exactly? You mentioned juniors, and you also mentioned Phil Davis, who, just as a matter of context for our listeners, Phil Davis was the Director of Career Technical Education for the Downey Unified School District at that time. And um, you're also operating, I believe, under uh, some grant funding as well. So before we dive into the placement of students in some work experience, talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Yes. So Downey was a recipient of the California Career Pathways Trust grant, and it was a four-year, Downey received about $5.8 million at that point to do career pathways development. And so part of what the intention was to do work-based learning. 
And so the summer internship was the culmination of a program to do work-based learning in a meaningful way to really engage the local employers. So you mentioned Carmen. Carmen worked with your organization in putting together a number of logistical pieces. So let's talk a little bit about those logistical pieces that students went through. Did they apply for this program? Was there some kind of interview process or how did that work exactly uh, back in 2016-17? It was working directly with the school folks to share with all juniors this program was available. Uh, There was an application, so students had to complete a resume and then submit it by a deadline. And then they needed to then participate in an interview. So there was some trainings for how to create a resume so that by the time it was required, they had some practice. And then also uh, there were some mock interview practices so that they would have some experience practicing interviews before the actual interviews for their internship. So that was all in place even the first summer. And then they were placed in actual physical sites with local businesses in Downey who would then have these interns work for six weeks. I had the privilege of of visiting some interviews, but as I recall, students, after they went through a mock interview, they actually interviewed with a number of different local businesses. Is that right? Can you tell me a little bit about that interaction before they were actually placed? Yes. So they actually interviewed with a number of employers. So we were fortunate enough that the Southern California Gas Company, which is also located in Downey, offered their space. And so these interviews would happen in that location. And so it was multiple. It was every employer had a different table and then students had their resume and they would rotate and they would interview because the numbers were smaller. It was a the employers could then rank which students they wanted. And then it was a whole matching process of what were the choices that the students had versus what were the first choices for the employers. And then there was a, a matching of who got placed where based on interests and based on um, how they did during the interviews. If you can remind us again, we were working with how many students and how many local employers back in 2016, just as a matter of perspective as we talk about how this has uh, transformed over the years. So I know we had 31 students in the first year. And then the number of employers, I actually don't remember. Some employers took more than one intern. So I'd have to go back, but I would say probably 10, maybe 15 employers, just to give it some context. So in those first years, it was double digits, uh, 30, 40, 50, first, first handful of years. And as I recall, I've seen it around the, uh, around the school district. There was a, a yellow bound publication. It was actually a book, <laughs> right? Was. And uh, that book contained, I don't, I don't believe that it came out the first year, but uh, after a couple of years, then in order to kind of chronicle the experiences that students had in this internship program, uh, students wrote about their experiences in in that book. And then members of the community and other businesses and so forth could read the kinds of contributions that that program made to, to student experience and lo- the things that they learned within that program uh, at the local businesses. 
So yes, and that was actually the last year that it was still in person. So that one, there were 115 interns and there were about, feel like almost 60 employers. And June is thumbing through the book right now. We're on, we're on audio only. And so the listeners are maybe wondering what's happening, but uh, she's held the book up. I remembered yeah. it was primarily yellow and it was. Yes. And yes. then inside the book itself were pictures of the students as well as uh, their businesses that they were working at or interning at, and then some accounts or uh, recorded experiences of uh, what they learned uh, in those businesses. Yes, yes. So we had Downey Federal Credit Union. So just looking through this, so they one of the interns wrote, working in the branch, I must work with my team and assist customers in marketing. Occasionally, I'm assigned a project and must use a computer to aid in research. In the future, I would like to become an environmental engineer. I will use the skills I learned while working with my team and apply them to the field of environmental engineering. Yeah, it's fun to look back and see what, what they shared. really is. I believe there was also a, a video that was made highlighting some of the students that uh, were participating in the Downey Made internship program in the summer as well. And I, as I recall, there was a student that talked about their experience at the Downey Federal Credit Union, another student at a local uh, realty office, and so forth. We're able to, we'll put a link in the show notes uh, so that you can take a look at, at uh, those videos of students talking about about their experiences. And that went from 2016 until, as I recall, we were preparing for the summer internship in 2020 when something happened. (laughs) Yes, yes. So we had gone, so what happens is every year we start the, the recruitment, the programming for the internship in January. So we were well on our way when March happened. And March was when we, you and I found out, John, that the shutdown was happening. And we had at that point over 200 uh, juniors who were interested in participating in the program. So at that time and and currently, I served the school district as the director of career technical education. And I do very, very distinctly remember this conversation, uh, June, where Uh, we decided that there were a couple of options. I I think many people thought that uh, we should just cancel because we can't do things in person. And we were already experiencing a number of virtual meetings that we were having and still continuing to do business uh, from a virtual standpoint. I do remember asking the question, you know, as adults, we're all kind of forced into this virtual environment with no training. Uh, None of us really knew exactly what we were doing. And I asked the question, where is it in our K-12 education that we prepare students uh, for an environment or an event like this where they would be able to continue to do their work in somewhat of a virtual uh, environment? And uh, the answer was, up till now, we haven't. We haven't done any of that. And that led to a little bit of a pivot in the Downey Made Internship Program. Tell me a little bit about that pivot, because I think it was you and your team at the Baya Group that really proposed an idea that I picked up and carried uh, back to the district and convinced a number of people that uh, this pivot would be a good idea. What, what was that pivot? 
Yeah, so just a little context about Bayer Group. So Bayer Group has always been virtual. We have never had an office. So my colleagues and I work remotely and have been doing that since the very first day. So for us, the the change, the the going home was not really different. So we're based all over. Uh, we have a team. I, I'm based in San Diego. Two of us live in San Diego. There are folks in Los Angeles. And so when it happened, it just seemed like what a great opportunity to take something that we're very comfortable with at Bayer Group and make it something that we could then impart to young people is how to work remotely, how to have professional interactions in a virtual space, in online. And so that's kind of what we pitched to you, John, was let's do it online. And in addition to that pitch of doing it online and virtually, there was another idea in terms of making sure that uh, students were involved in the planning and the construction of that experience, which was virtual interacting with industry uh, directly. So tell me a little bit about that. Yes. So it really has been a dream come true in working directly with young people. So it's something I've been a researcher for decades. uh, And I just remember working with some of my colleagues in the past saying, let's work with young people to create something with them. And so the pandemic really offered a lot of opportunities because what we did was we hired eight co-designers and we called them co-designer interns and we hired them pretty much right away. Who were the co-designers? They were juniors in high school. (laughs) Just random juniors or? They were juniors who applied. They were juniors who we put out the call that we were hiring. And they were among the students who had already been kind of engaged with the school district in wanting to apply for for the summer internship. And we said we were hiring early. So we wanted to hire a group of them to help us design for their peers in the summer. And that's what we put out for the job application. And actually, I think we we invited them to apply because we had done a mock interview event. We had kept the same schedule. We said, okay, we're going to continue doing this internship. We're going to shift it to do to do virtual. So we had some milestones already set up before everybody went home and we kept those milestones. And one of them was this mock interview event. And I remember we invited a group of them to apply and they did. And so we hired eight of them. And two of them who you hired in the past are with us today, Juan and Enrique, uh, the current college students. And they're here in the, uh, in the studio with us recording for the Future Groove podcast on the Downey Made Internship Program. Actually, the Downey Internship Made Program Phase 2, post-pivot, <laughs> after we pivoted to virtual. Welcome, Enrique and Juan. Hello, John. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so, so Juan was part of the group in 2020. So that was the year we pivoted. And then Enrique was actually last summer. So so we have two different experiences that they can talk about. Let's talk with Juan first. Juan, what, what was your experience early on in being a co-creator and what were some of the things that you experienced in working with the Bea Group in uh, creating this new endeavor of a virtual internship experience? It was a great experience. It all started by me being an intern first in 2020. So 
The experience of being an intern was absolutely great. Having a paid internship while learning something that I was interested in and that was giving me experience for the future to get a better job later on or get a job that I wanted and having real hands-on projects that I could implement somewhere else, it was great. So when I got the opportunity to be a co-designer, I did not think about it. Like I applied and went through the process to be able to be a co-designer because I thought about it as something that every young person should have the opportunity to do. Like if every high school student could do this, it would be great. Juan, what are you doing right now? Right now, a college sophomore college student in Georgia State University. I'm a semi-professional soccer player and I'm working with Bayer Group. So what are some of the things that you learned in that internship as a co-designer that, uh, that you use today as a college student in Georgia? Well, for me, I am a college student that almost gets all my classes online. So I really love the virtual environment and the time management. It gives me a lot of freedom, but I have to be really self-motivated and responsible. And with that first experience as an intern online, it gave me the experience of, okay, this is what you got to do in a job and on a virtual environment. You got to be responsible. You got to show up on time. You got to show up as the best version of yourself. You cannot just, because it's virtual or you don't show up as important. But the first experience gave me those tools, those skills of the time management, teamwork, leadership, communication, and also the application. All the process of applying is the same. For college, I had to apply. And I had to apply on time. If I don't apply on time, they're not going to accept my application. Enrique, you're smiling. Tell me about your your experience. I know that you're at the University of California, Merced. What has this Downey made internship as a co-designer taught you that you've been able to carry off to college and has helped you in ways that maybe you didn't initially realize it was going to help you, but uh, you can really see it now? Uh, yeah, so... I think the biggest thing is accountability and being on time with things because everyone is working together in a team and regardless of how small or, or big your task is, right? regardless of the size, it all matters. And if done in a timely order, you keep things moving at a constant speed and like you, you're ultimately doing your job, right? And it go, it's the same way in college and especially with a lot of it being like sort of self-initialized because I live away from home when I'm there and not having anybody to really tell me what to do means it has to sort of come out of me and pairing that like self initialization and accountability really like forces you to just keep going forward. June, uh, that it's just really great. How many, how many co-creator interns have you had uh, through the years in terms of working directly in support of this program? Well, uh, we had eight original and then we hired we hired another group. I've lost, I believe we had 12 at that point. We're up to 22 right now, John. We have 22 currently on on staff and all of them are alumni of the internship program. And 
A couple of them are still in high school, but most of them are in are in college. Let me switch to a little different focus, and that is on our industry partners, our local business partners. Early on, you referenced the Chamber of Commerce in the city of Downey, so all of the uh, all of the employers were local, but there was somewhat of a pivot that took place when this went virtual. And so what did that look like exactly? And then talk a little bit about the structure of the experiences themselves. I think that's a really, it's a big change. So when the students were working at the local businesses, it was really at the mercy of each of the employers, what kind of experience an intern would have. So we actually called it the work experience because we weren't really, it wasn't so much an internship in the sense of, it wasn't a curated experience. So some some young people were, were maybe making coffee. Some young people were working at the real estate office. And so I think those were valuable experiences because it was in person. They still had to show up to work on time. They still had to work as a team and interact with other people and serve customers. And so it really changed when we moved to a virtual experience because we could really have it be a curated experience in that we had uh, we had sessions with different industry professionals that we could have everybody experience. So we did design thinking in that first year where we really made it a point that they met with a designer and talked about design thinking and what how to do that. And then we had somebody who did social justice in the workplace. It was a time of George Floyd. We couldn't ignore it. It was really important to have what did it mean to exercise your rights and to understand as a young person, what does social justice in the workplace really look like? And so we had weekly sessions with with a professional um, who made that possible. And she is based on the East Coast. And so to be able to have somebody who could do it online meant that we could reach out to people. Um, we worked with Harvard Medical School that first year, and they did something with personal genetics. Again, we were able to bring in industry and and uh, professional organizations that we couldn't do when we were just based geographically in Downey. And then the other part that I felt like was important was it was a project. So it was a project that had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it was something that needed to be shared publicly. And so we wanted it to be something that you worked on independently. You might work with your your leads, your deep dive leads is what we called them. And then you had to work on your own. You might have some meetings on, on Zoom, but then you had to work on your own independently to make something, to do something, and then to share it at the end. And it's interesting because we would do regular surveys with the with the participants, and it was really pushing their comfort zones to, to be able to to work independently and to be able to produce something that was excellent, that they were proud of, and then be able to share it. So as I recall, uh, because I remember sharing uh, some of the learning logs uh, with board members of the school district, uh, students were required to record their experiences on a weekly basis. And I was always fascinated with the question, if you were your work supervisor, yes. how would you characterize your work this week? Or how would you evaluate your work this week? Uh, were those learning logs valuable for the students? Well, I'd actually, let's ask them. I mean, Juan and Enrique, you both had to do those. What did you think about those weekly reflection journals? I think it's great because it 
puts me in a position that if I would be looking at myself, would I be proud of the work I'm doing? Am I doing the right thing? So I would always want to excel in whatever, whatever I'm doing. Yeah, I think I want to agree with Juan too, where, you know, you look at things in retrospect and sort of, you start nitpicking on yourself too. It's like, I think I could have done better this week. And then the next week you always strive to then exceed the boundaries or the, the bar, you know, you set the bar somewhere for yourself. And then the next week you try and always go further. Yeah. So in addition, if you don't do something right, or you pick on something specific, okay, you know what to get better at next week, because sometimes we don't self-evaluate ourselves and we wait for someone else to pick on ourselves. And that's probably too late. Some, sometimes in a job experience, they could probably just kicked you out of the job. Now, uh, at my recollection as a student, while they weren't applying to a local business, they were applying to the deep dive leads uh, with a particular focus on what their project would be all about. Like I'm thinking there was a uh, documentary filmmaking focus uh, group where a uh, Emmy Award winning documentary uh, filmmaker would work with a group of students in making their own documentary film that was then presented to the public after the course of uh, the six-week internship. And then those deep dive leads had access to those learning logs in order to help guide uh, students in terms of their learning in the next week's um, steps of development. Yes. Tell me a little bit about how students were placed or they were matched up with, with their first and second choice or maybe not their first and second choice and how that worked out. Right, right. And actually, I'll share a little bit about the numbers because you had asked me about how the numbers changed. So I mentioned in the first year was 31. But when we had the summer internship in 2020, we had 180. And so 180, that was quite a logistical puzzle for us in terms of placement of where, where to put who and where and how. And so what we did was we asked all of the applicants to rank the deep dives and we did our best to also then work with the deep dive leads on who chose the first ones. But a lot of times we just did it based on the, just the logistics of the availability and whatnot. So they got placed based on a number of factors. Um, this last year we actually did, we actually did it based on when they applied. So truth be known, we actually gave some priority based on when they submitted. <laughs> And how they, and then showing up for their interviews and making sure they met those steps. But, but there was similar to the FAFSA, right? The financial aid application. It was um, the idea that if you applied early, that maybe you had more options. So we wanted to make it fair, and we were dealing with a lot more young people, and so it was definitely a logistical issue to, to where to place folks. And and then for them, we asked everybody to be open because maybe they didn't get their first or second or maybe even third choice. But we really tried to keep the top five. So, for example, last year we offered 16 different deep dives. And so we asked them to rank their top ones so that we would uh, we would try to do our best at placing. So I don't know if Juan or Enrique got their first choice. I don't know if you remember. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, same here. I got it twice. We did have some students that didn't get their first or second choice. And as I recall, in the public uh, display of learning, 
when they were uh, showing their projects, uh, they commented on uh, how grateful that they were that uh, they didn't get their first or second choice because they ended up in a very creative deep dive where going into it, they thought, I'm not creative. I don't have a creative bone in my body. And in after six weeks, they're saying, you know, I discovered that that wasn't a proper view of myself. I am creative and I can really excel at, at this particular area. And so it really opened my eyes to some things I didn't know about myself. That's definitely. I'm curious, Enrique and Juan, were there things that you learned about yourself that you didn't know before you went through this experience? I think when working as like an intern at a deep dive, I, I learned I'm really good at multitasking in the sense that like if somebody can't fill in the certain spot or team like on a, on a team, right, I'd be the one to step up and do it while also simultaneously doing another task and it still get done, which is really interesting. I didn't really think I had it in me like that. For me, I always wanted, like I always thought I want to do something in sports. So I was like, okay, maybe I coach, maybe a physical therapy. And I went into the finance and investing deep dive. And after that, I was like, I really like investing. I really like the way finances work. I was like, why not join them together? And now here I'm studying sports administration. That's great. Well, the Downey Made uh, program has gone through, uh, you know, a number of changes and some pivots and transformations. Uh, as we look forward, I'm going to, our time is just about over uh, together here, but I'm going to end with a question that I end uh, most podcasts in the future groove uh, with, and that is, what is the future groove for the Downey Made internship program? What will the next transformation look like? And uh, what do you see in the future for the internship program that has been so positive for so many students? There are opportunities for having take taking the feedback from our participants. So they have definitely shared that they wished it was longer. So we've gotten some feedback about that. Uh, there was feedback, and actually Enrique participated in the school year internship where we did have something during the school year. And so it's really, and that was sort of a pilot, just proof of concept, trying to explore what would it be like to have young people be part of a summer one, but then do more. So that was 12 weeks when we did the school year internship. And so I feel like it's, it's going to, to morph into leveraging some different funding. So looking at pre-apprenticeship and apprenticeships and thinking more about, well, what do those words mean? And so the more it's really, I think of it more as going deeper into what we've been doing and focused more on particular industries, because what we did with the summer, it was very exploratory. It, we had 16 different areas. We had everything from music production to regenerative product design to astrophotography. And then, you know, like John mentioned, documentary filmmaking. Juan was in finance and investing. We had game development at one point. So it was a lot of just different areas. And then wanting to do something maybe. So some of the stuff that it's going to change into is there's uh, some 
John's going to share some some new opportunities that Downey has with some grants. And so how to sort of reimagine this internship into something where we can then work with more employers. So we went from working directly with employers when it was in person to then working with different mentors and industry leaders virtually. And so now kind of thinking through, well, could we merge those experiences and leverage some additional grant funding to create something that maybe is more sustainable? And having employers just know the value of what happens in working with young people as early as in high school. Because a lot of times in apprenticeships or pre-apprenticeships, mostly apprenticeships, they have to be over 18. And so that makes it a little bit challenging. But could we create a pre-apprenticeship that could lead to something? And so it's it's part of the, the next puzzle. Yeah, I'm excited just to... I mean, for people who know me with my personality, I really enjoy doing something that's new. (laughs) Doing this for seven years, I I think it's time to sort of see what else could be possible. And so I'm excited for what's next, what's ahead, John. Well, with that, let me say thank you to uh, June and Juan and Enrique for joining us today on Future Groove and talking about the Downey Made Internship Program and what it might look like in pursuing its next steps in a wonderful experience for students in high school and after high school. Thank you for joining us today on the Future Groove podcast. You can find the show notes for this and other episodes on the Future Groove website by connecting to futuregroove.com. You'll also find links to organizations and resources referenced in today's conversation. You can contact us through the website or by emailing us. Our email address is john at futuregroove.com. We are especially grateful for our executive producer, Kelly Cooper, and our pre- and post-production engineer and studio master, Nicholas Chamberlain, at EveryWord Media. Until next time... I'm John Harris wishing you all the best in finding your future groove.